Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we read from 2 Chronicles chapter 9. Now when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Having a very great retinue and camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones, And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing hidden from Solomon that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendance of his servants, and their clothing, his cupbearers and their clothing, and his burnt offerings that he offered to the house of Yahweh, there was no more breath in her. And she said to the king, The report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, half the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You surpass the report that I heard. Happy are your wives. Happy are these your servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be Yahweh your God, who has delighted in you and set you on his throne as king for Yahweh your God. Because your God loved Israel and would establish them forever, he has made you king over them, that you may execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a hundred twenty talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. There were no spices such as those that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Moreover, The servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon, who brought gold from Ophir, brought algum wood and precious stones. And the king made from the algum wood supports for the house of Yahweh, and for the king's house, lyres also and harps for the singers. There never was seen the like of them before in the land of Judah. And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all that she desired, whatever she asked besides what she had brought to the king. So she returned. So she turned and went back to her own land with her servants. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold, besides that which the explorers and merchants brought. And all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold. 600 shekels of beaten gold went into each shield. And he made 300 shields of beaten gold. Three hundred shekels of gold went into each shield, and the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. The king also made a great ivory throne and overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps and a footstool of gold, which were attached to the throne. And on each side of the seat were armrests and two lions standing beside the armrests, while twelve lions stood there, one on each end of a step on the six steps. Nothing like it was ever made for any kingdom. All King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. Silver was not considered as anything in the days of Solomon, for the king's ships went to Tarshish with the servants of Hiram. Once every three years the ships of Tarshish used to come bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. Thus King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. And all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. Every one of them brought his present articles of silver and of gold, garments, myrrh, spices, horses, and mules, so much year by year. 
And Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots and 12,000 horsemen, whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. And he ruled over all the kings from the Euphrates to the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. And the king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stone, and he made cedar as plentiful as the sycamore of the Shephelah. And horses were imported for Solomon from Egypt and from all lands. Now the rest of the acts of Solomon from first to last, are they not written in the history of Nathan the prophet, and in the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and in the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam the son of Nebat? Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel forty years, and Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam his son reigned in his place. This is the word of the Lord. So today's text, dealing primarily with the great wealth of King Solomon. That's what we're seeing. So it's going to start with the visit of the Queen of Sheba. Now, this visit is described also in the the book of Kings, as so much of Chronicles overlaps with that. The other visiting royalty are not mentioned. So why the Queen of Sheba in particular is... uh, a mystery. We don't know why this one is highlighted against the others, but that account has been given to us, so we get to look at it. Now, Sheba is probably over a thousand miles away from Jerusalem. She has traveled a great distance to see the king. So if you're looking at a map, this would be about maybe where Yemen is today. So you're down to the southeast of Israel along the the coast of the Red Sea until you run into, I think it's the the Gulf of Aden or something like that. And what has brought her is that she has heard of Solomon. She has heard of the king and his great wisdom, and she wants to put that wisdom to the test. Now, there's a couple of parallels, I think, to that account. One would be the idea of, of those who sought to test Jesus when Jesus was doing his earthly ministry. This seems much more favorable, or at least her response is going to be favorable. Oftentimes, after they tested Jesus, they were silent. They weren't necessarily as overwhelmed in a good way as the queen is here. But another neat parallel that could be a fun family conversation around this one is basically what the queen of Sheba is doing is what everybody talks about, jokes about what we'll do when we get to paradise. That we've heard of the wisdom of God, We know that God knows all things, and so when we get to paradise, we're preparing a list of questions that we can ask him what we want to know. So I I see the the parallel there, but I also think this could be a spot as she is seeking to stump Solomon with hard questions. What would you ask? If you were in the queen's spot and you you were looking to ask hard questions of King Solomon, what questions would you bring? on your journey with you. So she brings not only her questions, she also brings a lot of precious things uh, carried on camels. So she's got gold, spices, and also precious stones. So the various kinds of gems and things. And Solomon answered all her questions. Just like that. Nothing hidden from Solomon that he could not explain to her. Such is the gift of the wisdom that the Lord has given to his servant. This is a a wondrous gift, and she is 
quite astounded by it. Not only that, but then she sees his wealth. She sees how he eats, how his officials eat. She sees how even the servants in his house are dressed. She is able to witness, this is interesting, she witnesses the burnt offerings that he offers at the temple. Did Solomon actually show her that? Did he allow her to witness Israel in its worship? That would be showing the other nations who Yahweh is. Teaching a little bit about his faith in his God, that would be a good thing. Uh, whether that's exactly what he had done here or not, I don't know. But when she sees all this, there was no more breath in her. That seems to be about the equivalent of us saying today that she was left speechless. Although when people are left speechless, they never seem to actually be speechless. They just start rambling. And she does speak. Hers is not a rambling. Um, she acknowledges that she had not believed all the things that she had heard about Solomon's greatness. But it turns out, she wasn't even told the half of it. He is far greater than all the reports that she had heard about him. Verse 7, Happy are your wives. Happy are your servants who stand before you and get to hear your wisdom. But notice the wives part. I mean, is this all, all 1,000 of them? The, the 300 wives, 700 concubines he's described as having. They are cared for provided for, wealthy, living in luxury. Even if it's not what we would think of as marriage. Verse 8. Blessed be Yahweh your God, who has delighted in you and set you on his throne as king, because your God loved Israel and would establish them forever. He has made you king over them. Hiram spoke very similarly to this earlier in the book, back in chapter 2, verse 11. So this is now the second foreign uh, ruler, monarch, who has spoken so highly about really God keeping his promise. They don't necessarily know the promises of God, but that the Lord so delights in his people, so cares for his people that he has made Solomon king. And that he has blessed Solomon with all this wisdom, all this wealth, that Solomon can care for this people well. Which was, again, Solomon's prayer. When the Lord offered Solomon whatever he wanted, Solomon asked for the wisdom to be able to govern the people. God gave him that, and then the riches on top of it, because he had not made a request for himself, but to care for God's people. So, anyway... Uh, the Queen of Sheba and Hiram both seeing that, Hiram of Tyre. So she now gives the king, Solomon, some of the, the goods that she's brought with her. 120 talents of gold, that's going to be talent again, 75 pounds. So we've got 144,000 ounces of gold, which would come out to, in today's dollars, about $252 million worth of gold. More spices than is measured here, and also the precious stones. So there are no spices such as the ones that the queen gave to the king. So such not just quantity, but also quality and what they were, the type of spices, Israel did not have. Then we learn more. Uh, so that's 
going to take a quick pause and a reminder that Solomon's servants and Hiram's servants had worked together. They had gone to the southeast to Ophir, which is also on the Red Sea, not as far as Sheba, uh, to acquire gold for the kingdom. And also they brought back algum wood and more precious stone. And here's a report of some of what that was used for. The algum wood used to build supports, both for the temple of Yahweh and also for the king's palace, and then musical instruments, lyres and harps. That notation has already been seen in the text, but just a review. And then as we get to verse 12, a bit of an exchange. Now Solomon gives to the queen of Sheba whatever she wants. She takes some things home with her to her kingdom, and she goes back to her own land. Then we get a report of Solomon's great wealth and what he does with some of it. So the weight of gold that came to him in one year was 666 talents. That's 799,200 ounces or about $1.4 billion of gold in today's dollars. And that's in addition to whatever was brought along by the explorers mentioned in verse 10 and 11 up above. And merchants who would bring gold and other such trinkets and gadgets. The various kings of the Arabia, which is the land like where the Queen of Sheba has just come from to the southeast, they have brought gold and silver to Solomon as well. So he's receiving wealth and gifts from all over the place. And he, okay, this is almost like God allowing Israelites to plunder Egypt when they left Egypt in the book of Exodus. You might remember that, that God made the Egyptians favorable to the Israelites and they gave them gifts as they parted. Basically gave them all their, their good stuff and the Israelites left town. This is similar. The Lord has given this disposition over uh, that the, the various kings of the earth are, are so taken by Solomon that they are seeking to bring him gifts. They're bringing gifts to God's kingdom. So he makes shields, 200 large shields that are 600 shekels of gold each. Um, 600 shekels is going to be about 240 ounces or 15 pounds. Um, a shield that's made out of 15 pounds of gold. It would be worth $420,000 today. And the other one's simply half, so 300 shields that are 300 shekels, so those are seven and a half pound shields, $210,000 um, each. Can you imagine equipping your soldiers with such expensive, expensive armor? Those are then hung in the king's armory, in the house of the forest of Lebanon, as it's described. The king also made a throne for himself out of ivory. This is no small task. Consider the size of this because it's not just a throne, so it's not just a chair. It's also got attached to it six steps, and on the end of each step is a lion cast. So that's 12 lions there, plus the ones that are beside the throne itself, beside the seat. So we've got all these lions. Everything's covered over with the gold. And nothing has ever been like it before. That's quite a picture of a throne. All of Solomon's drinking vessels are made out of gold. Everything in the, the armory, the house of the forest of Lebanon, is of gold. 
silver was not considered as anything in the days of Solomon. It was so common. Common as stone, as we're going to see in verse 27 up ahead. A mention in verse 21 that the king's ships went to Tarshish, that's in Spain, to the west. And just as they went with the servants of Hiram to Ophir before, now they go to Tarshish together as well. So once every three years, they would have lots of goods returned from Tarshish, gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. It's almost like King Solomon's building himself quite a little zoo as well, in addition to the other wealth that he already has. Now, again, verse 22, he excels all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. All the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. And every one of them brought him presents. So, again, Solomon is not doing this on his own accord. This is the Lord's blessing. The Lord has given him this wisdom. The Lord has given him this wealth. And Solomon is getting to benefit from it, and so are the people of God. So is the nation of Israel. That's the note, again, silver is as common as stone. Cedar is common as the sycamore. So the cedar trees of Lebanon are are a superior tree. Um, would be a way to phrase that. The sycamore, the shephelah, the shephelah, the low country. So uh, a tree that's easy to get nearby. Suddenly, so easy is it to acquire this, this foreign tree that had to be imported. Maybe a conversation, what would this be like? What would it be like if silver were as common as stone where you live? And I think the, the way to connect that is to ultimately go to the picture of paradise in Revelation chapter 21 and how beautifully laid out the New Jerusalem is. And the New Jerusalem in that chapter really is the church. It's really about how Christ sees us. But it's described as a city where everything is basically gold and precious stone and such a beautiful description. So this, I do think this does some foreshadowing of that. Although again, that is a description of how Christ sees us. All right, at this point, we get to the death of Solomon. He reigned 40 years over Israel, so roughly 971 to 931 before he dies. And his son Rehoboam will reign in his place. And won't take long. Chapter 10's subtitle in my ESB Bible is The Revolt Against Rehoboam. So we'll see that tomorrow. But we get a few various books. The rest of the Acts of Solomon, are they not written in the histories of several prophets, but these are books we don't have. So Nathan, Ahijah, and Edo, various prophets who recorded things about God, his people, for his people. But we only have certain books in the history of God's people. Some the Lord has preserved, and others, for whatever reason, he has not. So we thank the Lord for the books we have. We thank the Lord that we get to learn uh, about the history of his people and how, again, all of this is meant to point us to Jesus Christ. Solomon's wealth, Solomon's wisdom is a foreshadowing of what will come all the more in Christ. Thank you.